Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Hey! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Hey! Marshall Falk here on the Rich Eisen Show. You got any uh, two cents on Urban Meyer? All that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> the Rich Eisen Show. I told you so. Hey! Today's guests. NFL on Fox analyst Greg Olson. Saints quarterback Taysom Hill. From NBC Sports Boston, Tom Curran. Plus, Dolphins head coach, Brian Flores. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, 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 everybody. Hey, hey, it's Rich Eisen. Hey, hey, hey. Yes. You know what I mean? I feel you, son. Uh, well, I feel I mean, you. I've always wanted to open a show saying that. No, I mean? No, just like, you oh, know, okay. when, when you call somebody and somebody picks up the phone, <laughs> you know, and I call somebody and they pick up the phone like, hello, and I'm like, hey, it's Rich. Or, hey, it's Rich Eisen, you know? You've never done that? To start a show? Oh, okay. My bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I do that on the phone when I connect with somebody on the phone. It'd just be odd to start a show that way. Thus, I started the show that way, and I'm keeping on hammering it right now. Yeah, and it doesn't seem odd. Hey, it's Rich Eisen. Yeah, okay. Hello. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, Vin. What's going on, Chris Brockman? Hello. How are you? Hello. Hello. Well, it's raining in Los Angeles I know. Again. We're letting our smile so, be our uh, umbrella you know, here today in this crazy mixed-up world. It's Festivus. Jay, it is that. Hey. It is Festivus. It's December 23rd, so we're going to air some grievances later on. How are you, Jay Felly? I'm great. How are you? It's a mustard-colored Dodger hat. What the <laughs> hell is that? I don't know if I'd call it mustard. Is that what it looks like? That's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you probably mustard. think it's like tan, but it's, it's got a mustard feel. Yeah, it, it man. goes with khakis. Okay, very good. All it's right. stylish. Good to see you, TJ Jefferson. You know, you? you know, Rich Eisen, you couldn't smooth a silk sheet if you had a hot date with a... Ba- I lost my train of what thought. Is it? Oh, it <laughs> mind, very good. I, I, oh, you lost, wrote that down. I lost my train of thought. Ladies and gentlemen, this is... Uh, I got a lot of problems order. with you people. Okay, lost we're going to have it la- later on. We're going to have an, an 844-204-RICH number to dial here on this day uh, where no feats of strength, just air, well, <laughs> airing of grievances. Call us with your grievances. You want to get anything about in the sports world off your chest, whether it's the commercials that you see whether it's something you see in a refereeing or coaching or in any sport umpiring you know any seriously any airing of grievances that has nothing to do uh with angel hernandez because we know everybody's got a grievance with him so <laughs> leave him and joe west out all right even though it's not very seasonal but it's the se- it's the festivus season call us at 844-204 which trust me we have time uh, and all, we'll make the time. We've got some great guests today. Taysom Hill is going to join us in hour number three. The New Orleans Saints quarterback of the moment. Two straight wins for the New Orleans Saints. He and the Saints coming off that 9 nothing win uh, over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, his next start is televised nationally as well. It's Monday Night Football. We're going to have Brian Flores of the Dolphins on tomorrow, to be fair and balanced. We've got Taysom Hill on today in hour number three. Um, and uh, hour number two, Tommy Curran, uh, who's uh, he's going to be joining us from NBC Sports Boston, uh, all things Patriots. Um, he is the Patriots insider. 
Uh, we're having him on not only because the Patriots have a big game against the Bills and because the Patriots have the inside track right now because they got the Bills at home and already have a win against the Bills in the pocket for winning the AFC East. Uh, but we believe that uh, when Belichick ap- apologized to the local media for his uh, abruptness over the weekend, he was personally apologizing to Tom Kern specifically. And we're going to ask that of Tom later on in hour number two. And first off, Greg Olson, who is in Nashville for tonight's big Thursday night football game on the Triple Cast to kick off week 16. Uh, former tight end of note in this league uh, from Carolina, from Chicago, and uh, from uh, the U uh, originally. Um, and he's doing a dynamite job calling games on Fox. And he called the Patriots-Colts game on Saturday a dynamite Week 15 game. Week 16 begins tonight. Three games left in the longest regular season in the history of the National Football League. Three games left, rubbers meet and road, and we've got some playoff clinching scenarios. Because that's what we do here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. And, and you know, uh, NFL media writ large, you, you hear quite a bit. What's at stake? We all say it. What's at stake? Everybody says in the hunt. Teams that are in the hunt, we don't. We say sniffing it. Sniffing it. Okay. I don't know who came up with, let's call the teams that are uh, not division leaders and not current wildcard holders. Everybody else on the outside looking at, on the bubble, trying to get in. Let's call them in the hunt. Kind of made sense. You know, I, 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 I think they're just sniffing it. They're sniffing it. What they're sniffing is the playoffs. They're sniffing it a chance. They're sniffing around where they want to go. <sighs> right? Well, you have hunt dogs, Rich, and they sniff things yeah. out. She should get the it's another way to look at it. You know what I mean? So uh, what I have here are playoff clinching scenarios. I will let you – This we're going to give you right here – Knowledge that is powerful for you and however you wish to use it for good. And tonight, Tennessee Titans have a playoff clinching scenario. And um, they can clinch the AFC South with a win plus a Colts loss on Christmas against the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Christmas night. They can clinch a playoff berth with a win tonight and a whole host of partridge in a pear tree scenarios they win tonight and a playoff berth can be clinched by the end of the week with losses by um let's count them up one two three four five a combination of six teams so the easiest path to the basket beat the 49ers tonight and hope the arizona cardinals kind of wake up from their december slumber their um their holiday season swoon and break the two-game losing streak and beat the Colts. If the Tennessee Titans do, in fact, win tonight and the San Francisco 49ers do, in fact, lose tonight, what that does is put the Arizona Cardinals in a better position to clinch and, we'll get to that in a second, uh, clinch a playoff spot for the Dallas Cowboys. You didn't think that was coming your, in your direction, did you, T.J. Jefferson? Well, I pay attention to this stuff. If so. the 49ers lose tonight, eh, Dallas Cowboys are in the playoffs. Boom. On the spot. And and uh, they can clinch the East Division title on Sunday night with a win on NBC. However, if the Giants should suddenly, you know, do something – and beat the Eagles earlier in the day in Philadelphia. That clinches the NFC East for the Cowboys on the spot, too. 
So we're just going to assume the Philadelphia Eagles win that game. That would make a winner tie on Sunday Night Football, an NFC East championship for the Dallas Cowboys. However, again tonight, if the Tennessee Titans win, Cowboys are in the playoffs. As for Arizona, San Francisco losing tonight does make things a little bit easier. It does set up three other playoff clinching scenarios for the Arizona Cardinals, who cannot clinch the division this week, but they can clinch a playoffs berth with a 49er loss. Now, again, there's three other scenarios that come into play. You combine the 49ers loss with a Saints loss on Monday night football, and Arizona could actually lose to the Colts, which is possible, and still get in the playoffs this week. There's a couple other scenarios that are on the screen for people who are seeing. I'll read it out. The Eagles loss, uh, if the Giants win, plus the 49ers, Vikings, or Saints lose in addition, or if the Vikings lose to the Rams and the 49ers lose tonight, the Cardinals are in. But the bottom line is all they got to do is beat the Colts and they clinch, they clinch a playoff berth in Week 16. Next up, the Rams. They can clinch a playoff berth. Yeah, the first playoff clinching scenario for the hometown Los Angeles Rams. All they got to do is beat the Vikings. They're in. Look at that. And uh, Or if the Eagles and the Saints lose, the Rams are in. But simple enough. Go to Minnesota on a short week after playing on a Tuesday and fly and hope no one else has COVID and you get more people off the list. And you go to Minnesota and you win. Whose house? A playoff house. Rams house. I'll take it. They still have, obviously, a shot to win the division. They have the same record as the Arizona Cardinals now. And they'll be rooting for the Titans tonight to try and get the 49ers as further away as possible because the Niners are rampaging. Bucks, look, they had a chance to clinch the division last week. They lost. And so it's the same scenario. Tampa Bay Buccaneers win. They clinch the NFC South. Same thing. And if the Saints lose on Monday Night Football, should the Buccaneers somehow, some way, lose at Carolina, where they're, by the way, expected to get Antonio Brown back on the field, maybe we see the debut of Le'Veon Bell and Pewter. Hey! Fighting Le'Veon. <laughs> Who Put they, that to the side for the those moment. Those two are reunited. Who would have thunk it? So, what, Brady and Le'Veon? No, Bell, Bell and, and Brown. Brown. Oh, that's right. Oh, my bad. Yeah. yeah. Bell and Brown back together again. How about them happening? Yeah. Um, well, and we'll talk about that with James Harrison tomorrow. You think he might have two cents in the second? <laughs> I think two, so. four, well, maybe I ten. Never know. So the uh, the the uh, Bucks clinched the South that way. They can clinch a playoff berth with a, a handful of results uh, that is sparked. The, the The common denominator of those results is the Vikings have to lose. Go figure. That's why the NFL figures for you. The Kansas City Chiefs, who thankfully for a second straight day, no new COVID positive results. They're hoping to get some negative results in addition to the no new positives from people who have already popped as positive. Travis Kelsey and, um, and also uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, to name a couple. They take on the Steelers. What a big-time game this is. If the Kansas City Chiefs simply win that game... And get a, they're in. They're in the playoffs. All I got to do is just win against Pittsburgh. They punch a playoff ticket. They can win the West, but they need the uh, Texans to help out. In addition to beating the Steelers late in the day in late window on Sunday, they got to hope the Chargers go to Houston and get Davis Millsed and lose or tie. 
If they tie and the Chargers tie, I mean, I mean, they got to put these scenarios out there. That's why the NFL figures this stuff out. But the Chiefs can be in, would be in the playoffs with a win. They could still win the division with a win and a Chargers loss on top of it. And then the last team, there are seven teams that can clinch playoff spots. Remarkably, the Packers are the only ones to enter week 16, knowing they're going to be playing uh, deep into January. And as a matter of fact, they might not have to play a game until uh, January 22nd or 23rd because they're in line for the bye week. Um, so we've mentioned Tennessee, Dallas, Arizona Rams, Bucks, Chiefs, playoff clinching scenarios, and the last team to be fortunate to have a playoff clinching scenario right in front of them in week 16 are the New England Patriots. Hey now. And Tommy Curran will be joining us to talk about them. Here's the scenario, and here's the scenario. They could, you remember yesterday where he said all they got to do is beat the Bills and they win the AFC East, and you're like, well, the Dolphins can tie them. Remember you said that, TJ? Mm-hmm. That's why the NFL is pointing out that the Patriots can win the AFC East this week if they beat the Bills and the Dolphins then lose or tie on Monday Night Football. However, just a straight-up playoff-clinching scenario, they punch a playoff ticket, whether home or on the road. Definitely this would just be just an on-the-roader because you haven't clinched the division yet. They could clinch a playoff berth if they beat the Bills and... The Raiders and Chargers lose, or they beat the Bills and the Colts and Bengals or Chargers lose. And then there's a Colts, Ravens, and Steelers scenario and a Ravens, Browns, and Steelers scenario. The Ravens uh, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. And then the Browns are playing a Christmas late afternoon game in Green Bay. The Steelers, as we know, are taking on the Chiefs. So interestingly enough, the Patriots need a Colts loss, and part of that probably has to be that the Colts have a tie break on, even though they're just a game behind them. Those are your playoff clinching scenarios. Hope you're smarter for it. Like laying it all out there for you. <laughs> Made me smarter. So I think, what do I think here? I think the Cardinals are, I don't know if they beat the Colts. Yeah, I know, right? I think the Cowboys are going to win the division. How does that sound? I mean, okay. And I think the Bucks are going to win their division. So that's a one right there. And I think the Rams clinch a playoff spot. I think the Rams are going to go to Minnesota and win. Ooh. Uh, I'm I'm kind of talking my way into maybe going the other way because it's just a short week. But Cooper Cup is just unbelievable. I mean, two, the two best receivers in the NFL. You can make the argument are going to be on the field that day. And Justin Jefferson and Cup, they're both Pro Bowlers. They're both one-two in a lot of the categories. Uh, I mean, it's just, yeah. it, it's just going to be a great game, a dynamite game. Yes, you know, Matthew Stafford still can't quit the NFC North and vice versa. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> His first year in the Rams, NFC West plays the NFC North, so he plays them all. Love it. So let's take a break. Let's be on time for Greg Olson. We'll ask his thoughts on what's – by the way, Carolina taking on the Bucks. Looks like it's Cam and Sam Darnold together. How yeah, about Matt Rule that? said that Sam Darnold's going to play. Sam Darnold's going to play. Cam will Cam's start. Gonna play. So Sam's Cam, going to come in. So Sam's going to be between the 20s and Cam's going to be inside the 20s. That sounds like a good plan, actually. It's not like, but Sam Darnold could be on the move, man. He did lead the league in rushing yards through like two uh, rushing yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, that's when, when like Sam was the MVP candidate of the NFL in 2021. In week three. Week three. He was on Thursday Night Football with Christian McCaffrey <laughs> in Houston going 3-0. and and It's how like it was the ago, year of Sam. How long ago does that feel? Uh, 15 years ago? Yeah. 
It's really just 12 weeks ago, three months. We'll take a break. Greg Olson, and then there's you at 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. Also, Tom Curran. Also, it's Festivus. Airing of grievances coming up, too. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed hey folks it's time for the nfl draft which means for me I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program. Um, he is just phenomenal at calling games and you know it's kind of neat i tweeted this out while he was calling the uh, the game this past saturday in indianapolis between the patriots and colts it was kind of right and fitting that greg olson was calling that game in indianapolis because that's where you know nfl network threw him on the field while he's still playing to call the action if you will or help us uh, analyze what was going on during the tight end drills at the combine And a million percent, we were all in the meetings afterwards and like, this guy has got it. He can do this for a living. And he's, you know, got to come back and do it again for the tight ends and so on and so forth. And and so now it's no surprise that he's terrific at calling games with Kevin Burkhart and that crew for Fox and the NFL on Fox. And he joins us right here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. Uh, from Nashville, where a huge game on the triple cast tonight to kick off Week 16 between the Niners and the Titans. Greg Olson, how you doing, Greg? I'm doing well, Rich. How's it going? I'm doing great. It's so I'm so happy to hear you doing what you're doing. You're so great at it. You really are, brother. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate the kind words. It's been it's been fun. But I remember those days in Indy at the combine yeah. really well. You know, walking around on the field trying to figure out how to put an IFB earpiece in my ear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> figure out. Yeah. figure out what to say, but uh, you guys are always so awesome, and you guys are so good to work with, and I appreciate those kind words. So let's get jump into it, of course. My pleasure. Let's just jump into it uh, with what you saw 
uh, last week, and then we'll get to tonight's game. Um, because, you know, what you saw last week is potentially the AFC East champs when it's all said and done with a rookie quarterback. And then the proverbial um, team that you don't want to face in the playoffs, whether they're going to be a wild card or not in the Colts. How good are the Colts in your estimation, Greg? You know, it's funny you say that. We, we just wrapped up a production meeting, and we were you know, talking about tonight's game in San Francisco. And, you know, are they the team in the NFC that has a wild card if you draw them as a division winner? And, and you know, San Francisco comes into your building for the first round of wild card weekend. You're almost like, God, you know, we played all season to win the division. We draw these guys. Right. I think Indianapolis is kind of that team in the AFC. You know, I think if you if they go whether you know they got a shot to still win it, so they could still potentially hold tonight's game. Will have a lot to do with that. But in the event that they don't, and they have to go on the road. Their game is built on the road. They force take they first force takeaways on defense. Darius Leonard is incredible. That defense, that front with Buckner, and they got guys in the back end. Kenny Moore just made his first Pro Bowl. I mean, they are a legit defense that's really fast and really good at getting the ball back. And then, of course, offensively. You know, we talk about in the playoffs your ability to be really good up front with the offensive line, one of the best in the league. And then a potential MVP candidate. I know people kind of balk at that because he's not a quarterback, but Jonathan Taylor is as good a football player as, is, as there is in the NFL. And, uh, you know, I think that recipe travels well. I think that recipe holds up in all conditions, whether, you, you know, you get a tough weather day or, you know, whatever the circumstances that we see in the playoffs each year. I came away. I went into the game, really. I, I saw Indy play against Tampa Bay, you know, a few weeks back. They ended up losing, but. I walked out of there saying, you know, these guys are pretty good. And then the other night, what they were able to do against what's been a very good and a very hot New England team was was really impressive. Yeah, big time. And and Jonathan Taylor should be talked about in MVP terms. I, I understand Rodgers is playing out of his mind, and the Packers seem to be making plays now around him uh, in a manner that is, in, you know, is is definitely um, championship quality. But I think I think Taylor's an MVP candidate. What do you think? Oh, I think it's. I think there's no question. I think right now, if you had to pick the top, you know, the top three candidates, you know, in any particular order, obviously Rodgers and Brady, and then and then it's Jonathan Taylor's that third guy. I think the, the MVP most likely, barring some, you know, unforeseen, you know, outcome at the end of the season in the playoffs, it's going to be one of those three guys. And you know, I think that you know a lot of people again are hesitant. They say, well, how could Derrick Henry? You know, last year, who had the year he had. If a running back ever is going to win it, how is it not Derrick Henry? And I, I think it's not a knock on Derrick Henry. I think it's always just in comparison to what your peers are doing around you. You know, not all seasons are created equal. You know, and not every top, you know, top quarterback performer of that year is you know equal to maybe in the past year. There's so much nuance to these MVP case. You know, when do you get hot? When do your big moments come? I mean, for for Jonathan Taylor to have that big moment the end of the game you know new england's got nine guys in the box they're saying if we can get this stop we're going to get the ball back down three and maybe go tie the game up with a field goal and next thing you know he goes you know seven sixty eight yards or whatever it was for an all-time you know pretty much a walk-off moment i mean those mvp moments shape mvp candidacies and uh he had his moment if he can have another two or three and and maybe have some in the playoffs i, I think he's going to be right in the mix can he beat out one of the quarterbacks i don't know but he definitely deserves to be in the conversation, no doubt. Greg Olson here on the Rich Eisen Show. And you know you, you know the way this works, too, Greg. Uh, knee-jerk reactions week to week, and sometimes now thanks to Twitter in the middle of a game. Um, going into the fourth quarter, I think the narrative of the Bill, of the, uh, uh, of the Patriots needing only three throws out of Mac Jones despite the weather, but they still only had him throw three times in that weather. 
uh, prior to the bye and then coming out of the bye looking the way they did, there would have been all these questions. Can, can Mac Jones really carry the day here? Like if he's got to win a game, can they really trust him? And then the fourth quarter happened. So what do you take out of that game about the Patriots and their rookie quarterback moving forward here, Greg? Yeah, we actually talked about it pretty early, you know, in the broadcast where we, we referred back to that Buffalo game prior to the bye for New England. And, we, you know, and the point we tried to, to make clear was I, I don't think that scheme or that philosophy on that crazy Monday night and that brutal weather, I don't think it was at all an indictment or an indication of how they feel about Mac Jones. I think Bill Belichick placed the bet that his defense was going to be able to hold up in those conditions and that Buffalo wasn't going to be able to really take control offensively to force New England's hand to do anything different on, on defense and, and on offense, excuse me. And as a result, he won. He won the bet. So I, I think it was more of his confidence in his defense than it was his lack thereof in Mac Jones. And then through the first three quarters, there was no question. He struggled. That I thought Iberflus, the D coordinator of Indy, did a great job. He was mixing up his looks. He was changing it up. And Mac Jones made a couple uncharacteristic you know, bad throws and a couple turnovers. The one late in the second quarter before the half was a big one that prevented points. But then, as you said, all of a sudden the game flipped. And in the fourth quarter, when he had no choice but to drop back and throw the ball and play from behind, he really played well. And they came up one possession short. You know, they came up you know, one big Jonathan Taylor run from getting the ball back down three with a minute 20 or so left in the game if they can get a stop. So I think that fourth quarter is what they need to focus on. That fourth quarter has got to be what they built his confidence off of because if, he's, if they're going to make a run into the playoffs and they're going to go and, and contend with the Kansas Cities of the world and, and whatnot, they're going to have to throw the ball. They're going to have to be dynamic in the passing game, and uh, they're going to have to make plays when it's needed. And, and, and that's kind of what um, Frank Reich had to say this week, saying that Carson Wentz at some point is going to have to be, if you will, the star of the game, you know, that, that he's going to have to win one at some point down the line here, if not if they make the playoffs. That, I thought that was an interesting comment from, from the coach on that one. It's, you know. Absolutely. And, and so many, you know, the word balance gets thrown around, and, and people want to say balance is, you know, you got to throw it 50%, you got to run it 50%. And, and really what balance means, and what, and what Frank Reich is saying, he's like, you know, we are a run-dominant team. But balance to us means when we have to throw it, if we find ourselves trailing or we find ourselves in pass, we must pass situations, we need to be able to win those matchups. We need to be able to win those situations. To them, that's balance. Are they going to throw for 350 a game? That's probably not their recipe. But can they, you know, if, can they maintain the ability of their run game to stay productive? But then all of a sudden, if they find themselves trailing, if they find themselves in a lot of third and longs because the run game's struggling on first and second, can Carson Wentz drop back in a must-pass situation and complete and push the ball down the field and be accurate, be on time? If they can do those things, they can stay run dominant but they can still be a balanced team in that situation. And the same thing vice versa for a pass-happy team. If they can run the ball when they need to run the ball, that's more valuable than saying we run the ball 30 times and we throw the ball 30 times, therefore we are balanced. That's not balanced in today's modern NFL. I'm going to go on a sports talk radio question on you here, Greg. It just, it just kind of just hit me. You know, it's kind of the same version of what we do on game day morning. Who do you trust more, right? So if you've got to win a game on the arm – right now and this is going to be a big week 17 game i know i'm a little bit all over the map here with you which which quarterback would you take uh dak or kyler in a game where you, you need to throw to win which one of those guys would you take 
in that one. You know, I think I would take I think I would take Dak, and and that's not a knock on Kyler. I think you know a few weeks ago he was in the conversation of being the league MVP. Right. He had them really rolling. I, I think what Dak has to his advantage is I just think the pieces around him are still a lot better than maybe they're playing, and I think it's only a matter of time. You would hope that they find their groove. You know, he's got three really good receivers. He's got two good backs. He's got an offensive line. I just think the supporting cast on top of I think Dak's a really good player. I think he's a top top tier passer in this league. I just think when you have all those pieces around you and you and you've shown, you know, the first eight games of the year they were rolling. They were the best offense in the league. They've stubbed their toe. They've had some guys in and out of the lineup. They had the COVID stuff. They had the injuries. If they can find their rhythm now, especially in the passing game, I think that offense just has such a higher ceiling. I think now with Hopkins potentially being out for you know a period of time at least, and maybe only coming back if they make a deep run, that's a huge that's a huge hit for that offense, especially the passing game. So I think you'd have to you'd have to place your bet on on Dak and that Dallas offense. Greg Olson here from Fox Sports. He and Kevin Burkhardt are calling Thursday night football tonight on the Triple Cast. A huge game uh, between the Titans and the Forty ers uh, You know these are two of the most physical teams in the league too. There's going to be a lot of paint swapping tonight, I would imagine. Don't you think, sir? Tonight? Oh man, these two right. teams kind of when they look in the mirror, they see each other. You know, they're they're both kind of made out of the same kind of mold, and they they both have kind of the same beliefs. And you know, Tennessee's been doing it for you know ever since you know Vrabel has gotten there. And then we all know the identity. We we've seen it now for a few years with the run game in San Francisco and what they can do with their front on defense and their linebackers and Bosa and Warner and Eric Armstead. I mean, they there's just physical big guys on both sides of both teams and. uh you know, I think I think there's going to be a fair share of handoff tonight. Yep. And I think there's going to be a fair share of, of physical play, the offensive, defensive line. It's going to be. I, we're really looking forward to this game. We think it's going to be a lot of fun. Put in a words how good Kittle is, Greg. You must obviously have Man. a unique perspective. Put in a words. God, you know, it's he. He's really just such a. I, I know the word unique gets thrown around so you know nonchalant. You know, and especially probably during a broadcast, we probably refer to ten guys a game as unique, but. If there ever was a player at a position who was truly unique, you know, Kittle would be that. You know, what he can do, he's, and the best way I could put it is he is the perfect tight end to play in that style. He is just as much of a threat to impact the game as a run blocker and as a pass protector and as a physical presence as he is with the ball in his hand, down the field, run after catch. They almost use him like a pseudo wide receiver running back with the, with the swing screens. And then when he gets the ball, he turns into a running back. It's just, there's not a lot of guys that can check all those different boxes, play with finesse, play with speed, but then also play with violence and physicality, both run game as a blocker and as a ball carrier. After It's just he is super unique. He's really, really fun to watch. I hope they throw him 300 balls tonight <laughs> right. selfishly because uh, it would be a lot of fun to talk about. Well, I mean, and you want to talk about unique. How about a Pro Bowl wide receiver who makes a group that includes Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson, and he leads the team in rushing touchdowns? How about that at a Debo? You know, you want to talk about unique, you know? I mean, Debo, I, and the, the stat that, you know, we get all these stats all week as we're preparing for these games. And, you know, right. some of these stats you can, you know, you can make, you know, more than maybe they are. But I think the stat that really caught my eye and jumped off the page at me, you know, when they factor in minimum carries or minimum, minimum catches of 25 each, he leads the entire NFL in both yards per catch and yards per carry. That's amazing. It, it, I mean, I... I I think that right there just sums up, you know, he's physical and he's not playing he's not playing like pseudo running back where it's like trick plays and reverses. He's lining up, he's dotting the eye in a single back or a two back and he's playing true conventional tailback in the truest sense. It's 
it's pretty remarkable what they've done with him from a scheme, you know, a scheme standpoint, but also just you know how good how good he is physically to handle all that. He's 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 amazing, man. Um, and so you know, I guess what what's the difference maker tonight for Tennessee? Is it the way that Tannehill can handle the pressure without the guys up front? Right? I mean, there's a couple guys missing on that line. Um, what's the difference maker for Tennessee that Foreman can run the ball for him? Because it just strikes me that the, the the as stout as Tennessee is and how they keep playing without a lot of their guys, um, that the Niners the way they're playing is just going to come running downhill and it'll be tough to stop. That's just my sense. It will, and and you know they and even with Derrick Henry out, they've been pretty true to their identity on offense, and that's been you know heavy dose of run, heavy dose of you know under center downhill run game, and then hopefully for them that the formula had always been in years past that everything kind of layers off of that. The downfield play action, the shot plays. Well, now with A.J. Brown being out for a few weeks and, and Julio kind of being in and out with the hamstring, whether they play tonight, I guess we'll see. If those guys can be in the lineup, and again, we, you know, we'll find out when, when the inactives come out. If they're in the lineup, can there be some element to complement that run game of some explosive you know, throws down the field? They have to find a way to generate the ability to push the ball downfield and not make every drive 10-plus, 12-plus, 15-plus plays. The longer these drives go, yes, time of possession is a factor people talk about and all this stuff, but at the end of the day, the longer the drives are sustained, the more, the higher the likelihood of something going wrong, a sack, a strip sack, a pick, a tackle for loss. Something's going to go awry. You need to be able at some point to get chunk plays and push the ball down the field. That's been what they've been missing. If those guys can play and they can layer that in like they used to when they had Derrick Henry and that threat of the run, I think that will go a long way in being able to attack this, this, San, Francisco, this San Francisco defense, especially in the back end. Best team you've seen in your own two eyes with your own two eyes this year is what, Greg Olson? Which team? Best one you've seen? Well, if you would ask me, if you would ask me last week, I probably would have said Tampa. We've called a few of their games, and I just think what they can do, you know, stopping the run on defense and getting healthy in the secondary, and then, you know, of course, all the weapons and, and Tom Brady and Evans, you know, and then all of that kind of gets a huge question mark off the other night. You know, obviously not only losing and being shut out to, to New Orleans, but, you know, Evans, you know, we'll see how long he's out. You know, Fournette, we'll see how long he's out. We know they lost Chris Godwin. You know, all of a sudden, that's a, that's a pretty significant blow to a team who was as good you know, especially offensively in the passing game as anybody. So if you would ask me a week ago, I'd always said them. I think now, I think, you know, Green Bay's got to gotta be that next choice, if not, you know, 1A, 1B. I think Aaron Rodgers is, you know, most likely an MVP. And I think that defense is so much improved upon previous years. With the, You know, I think they've done a great job turning that around and being a little more of an impact on the team and not just throwing everything on Aaron's shoulders. So, you know, I, I think those are probably the best two I've seen, and, and based now off the injuries and what's happened in the last week, I think you got to say Green Bay is kind of the, the the lone soldier at the top. What do you think an old school guy like Bruce Arians and uh, Todd Bowles in the HC and the DC of uh, Tampa thinking about Carolina this week, saying they're going to play both Cam and Sam? I mean, how does that work? Yeah. I don't. I, that's a good question. You know, I've, I've never been on a team really that's employed the the dual quarterback. It's not typically an NFL kind of strategy. I, I, I don't. I don't follow it close enough. I don't really. I'm not as much. A, you know, a, a part of the conversations and, mm-hmm. and in you know into that as I used to be. And you know, I just. I'm not sure. You know, I, I'd love to see them commit. I'd love to see them commit to 
to Cam and just let him play and not and let him just stay in the game and stay in rhythm and just play to his style, play to his strength. Um, but again, it's just so hard from the outside to see, you know, what the reasoning behind these decisions, what the reasoning for them feeling they got to go to a kind of a, a platoon style thing. It's just very atypical in the NFL to, to play two quarterbacks. Um, that's not out of necessity. You know, it's out of kind of you're, you're dictating that you're choosing to do that is not typically what we see, but you know, they're going to give it a shot. We'll see how it goes. I mean, before Sam, you know, got hurt and then before he got hurt and things weren't going their way. And obviously McCaffrey is such a crucial aspect to any offense that he's ever been in, in his life. Sam was running it in himself though. I, I don't get it. You know, I know Cam is there and he's very popular, um, but if Sam's back, don't they have to see? I, I mean, I guess they've already picked up a fifth-year option. I don't know. I mean, in the whole thing of firing their coordinator on the, on the Sunday of a bye week, right? Not that not at, at the end of their bye week. You know what I mean? Like the whole thing is weird when you think about. Yeah, it. there's a, there's a lot going right. on over there. There's no question. I, I think they're still trying to kind of find what that right mix is as, right. as far as play caller, play style, you know, commitment to the run, but also recognizing. They've got to play a little bit to their strengths. They don't have McCaffrey, the offensive line. You know, they, they're going to listen to win the game. The, to win the games in the NFL, regard whether you know now, if you have Derrick Henry and you have Jonathan Taylor and, and three All Pro offensive linemen, yeah, I get it. You want to run the ball, control, but pretty much the formula, generally speaking, the NFL is you have to be a efficient, dynamic passing offense to challenge defenses and give yourself a chance to win over time. And you can win a game here or a game there, but to win consistently in the NFL, you need to find your identity as a passing team at some point. And I think they're still kind of searching for that. I think that's the, the, one of the biggest elements that they've, they've really struggled to find what that balance looks like and what that identity looks like. They're now on their second play caller. You know, they've played you know, three quarterbacks. Um, you know, I still, I still think they're trying to search for it themselves. Greg, have a great time tonight. Do you have another game this week or this is your only one? No, this is it. I got Christmas weekend off. Hey. Enjoy that with the kids. We're hey. actually going to go to the Panthers game. We're actually going to go to the Panthers Bucks games just okay. as uh, just as fans. And I don't know the last time. I don't know if I've ever taken my kids to a football game that hey. I wasn't playing in. So Are you I'm, serious? Uh, That's... I'm looking for. I don't. I don't think I ever have. And okay, you know, it's ever since they've been born, I've been playing. And on bye weeks, we sure heck weren't going to games. Okay. So All right. I, uh, I'm really looking forward to just being a fan and taking my kids and. Enjoying it. Do they wear your jersey? Is that what they do? They better. <laughs> <laughs> or they wear McCaffrey. Or, or McCaffrey. Or, or Cam, right? I mean, you know. Or Cam. I mean, that I works. mean they got options, and, and I wouldn't be offended. But by the way. My daughter, my, I'll tell you what. My yeah. daughter will wear my jersey. That I know for sure. Your ass, of boys, course. Daughters you know. know what, what's up, man. They know she what's up. what's up. Right. My and, two boys, and, the jury's out. And how about that? You probably thought your next time your, your kids would ever wear a Carolina a Cam jersey to a game would be, you know, never. Right, I mean, I know, it's it's, pretty, pretty it's crazy, isn't it? It's kind of crazy. So have a blast, have a blast tonight, and then obviously this weekend. You the man. Thanks for the call, it. Greg. Let's it's do this. It's always great chat with you, man. Take care. Right back at Thanks you. That's Greg me. Olson, Bye-bye. everybody. Check out Greg tonight with Kevin Burkhart. Because I'm assuming there that you know we're going to see Buck and Aikman in um, Green Bay. So we'll see Buck and Aikman in Green Bay for that game on Christmas Day. Does Fox have another one? Are they going to hop somewhere else and do another game? I don't think so. That'll probably be it. And that's a big, huge assignment for for um, Greg Olson. What a I mean, Burkhart we know is terrific, but Olson's never done this before. 
He's so I mean, he kind of, he kind of, you know, he kind of filled in in his bye week doing this sort yeah. of thing, right? Right, right. Like as, as a working internship in a way that I'm sure he's being paid for. Yeah. And remember that caused some commotion because there was a team. Oh, that's right. They were going to play later yeah. on. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. So let me just see this here. So uh, Fox, Fox is, has Bears, Seahawks. Yeah, that's not happening. Bucks, Panthers, Giants, Eagles. Uh, Rams, Vikings. Yeah, so uh, Buck and Aikman will do Christmas, and then uh, we'll, we'll see you after the New Year. Pretty much. Wow. Yeah, because there is no Thursday night football game. This is the last one of the year. So Buck and Aikman just did his. He just did his last Thursday night football game. They just did. That's it. Because you know it's on Amazon next year. That's right. Or we might hear uh, yesterday's guest call uh, the play-by-play. Hey, so hey, hey now. Just the sniffing it. Okay, whoa, very whoa, good. Whoa. All right, here we go. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on this program. Uh, We're following breaking news. This is the only way we put it. Uh, We'll explain what's going on uh, when we come back right here on The Rich Eisen Show. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio outfit, just talking about how there appear to be no cancellations in the NBA tonight at the moment. We're all holding our breath. We're all holding our breath. Yeah, Portland and Brooklyn was already postponed. So So, um, Taysom Hill's playing Monday Night Football, um, quarterbacking for the New Orleans Saints. And uh, in advance of that, we spoke with him after yesterday's show. And we are going to play the contents of that conversation in hour number three. We've made this decision in the commercial break, during which we learned he has tested positive for COVID-19. As has Trevor Simeon. Yes. Meaning, according to Tom Pelissero of my NFL media group um, colleague from, from the NFL Network, Ian Book, the rookie quarterback from Notre Dame, who has a lot of attributes of Drew Brees. That's why you know a lot of people thought they drafted him. Yep. Looks like he's getting the Monday night start against the Dolphins. So, there's that. Does Drew get called this week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> backup situation? Or I don't know who the backup is. There's going to be some practice squad. There's going to be some. And Dalvin Cook's out as well. Dalvin Cook out. One of the top running backs. You've made the Pro Bowl yesterday. Big game for the Vikings. Monster. Looks like it's an Alexander Madison game for the Vikings against the Rams. So there's that. Anything else? Any other Pro Bowlers? Anybody else? I mean, I mean, it's, it's happening in real time. You know, all day, all day, but nothing yet. Those two are the big ones. 
And I'm also seeing that there's the part of the new testing rules from the NFL is that they're going to uh, randomly select vaccinated players to be yes, vaccinated. Yes, that's been happening this week with the I don't understand that. Of it. I, so they've gone from testing. I, I, I don't understand the random vaccination like there's some group that's just going to randomly select just like as tom pelissaro tweeted out like it's going to be like sometimes you're randomly selected for extra screening going through yeah even if you have tsa TSA, right you're sometimes it's like hey uh you've won a few more minutes with all of us and i know that feeling and And you get patted down and whatnot well you don't think it's random i I imagine oh it's never random It's never well, what, what happens in a playoff game where somebody's t- quarterback gets tested and he's asymptomatic and he's positive and the other quarterback doesn't get randomly selected? That's a great question. I don't know why they would open the door to something like that. I already saw people on Twitter saying, you know, what bookie is this group that decides who gets randomly tested and with? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like you're op- you're opening yourself up to some wild, theories wild stuff and theories that obviously these are paying customers who are talking about this. There has to be some sort of medical, you know, reason for it as well as a push pull where maybe the players' association was saying back. I, I shouldn't even say. Some somebody saying back off, like we can't back off, so let's just compromise with random testing. I'm just speaking off the top of my head here without any knowledge, which is probably dangerous. But man, life. It's crazy. You know, and it's a crazy world. I'm reading that it's uh, incubation time of like two days now. Yeah. It's not five days anymore. Yeah, but it also could mean that you can get through it faster as well. Right. Like there's got to be a whole new – like. A whole new set of guidelines here and the sports leagues are on the at the forefront of it because there's the ones who are testing and there's the one who can sequence it better than maybe some municipalities can. yeah for sure anybody else chris uh jc treader tested positive and too. he's the uh, uh head he, of the players association yeah he's the center for the cleveland browns Brown, yeah. wow and we'll find out, I guess, in the next two days to see if, if, if Baker is tested out or Case Keenum is tested out. Otherwise, that would be a big Nick Mullins in Lambeau Field. And, and this would be just such a shame that this is where the way the season comes down. Like you play three months and then all of a sudden this happens in the span of a couple of weeks and teams are – it's just the luck of the draw, you know? The luck of the draw, whether it was somebody that's important to your team gets it or not. Man. Wow. Yeah, I know. I don't know what else to say on that subject. I know. I'm matter. trying to stay on top to see if there's anything else right now. So uh, we're keeping an eye on all of these things for you. It was interesting that Greg Olson had to say what we, we've been saying in the meeting is that the Niners – he just they, that that crew just did the Colts and now they're doing the Niners and those are the two prover, proverbial don't want to face this team. Yep. You know, and then the thing that you're going to see later on with with the conversation with with uh, um, Taysom Hill is he's so honest about how important these games are for him. You know, 
and for him to you know test and then it comes back hey you're positive you're sad i hope he's asymptomatic he sounded terrific yesterday he did he sounded he did. as engaged and as locked in and and as excited for these opportunities he did and the saints versus the dolphins this is seven and seven versus seven and seven like huge this game. is it huge game i mean we, we played playoffs for what yesterday saints were one of our teams you said playoffs. I know because I think their deep and their defense could still carry the day. Good. Just hand it off to Kamara. Hopefully he's yep. healthy. <laughs> yep. Hand it off to him and do. But Ian Book, you're up. Wow. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. Quick note about Dalvin Cook, Rich. According to Courtney Cronin, she covers the team for ESPN. Dalvin has been following protocols for unvaccinated players, so likely he's out ten days. That had put him back for the final road game. At Green Bay, January 2nd. There you go. I mean, that's um, what Chris Carter said. He said most of the leaders on that team are unvaccinated, and they're playing with fire is what he said. He said that about a week and a half ago. Hour number two coming up, Tom Curran and more. 